Hi, I'm Rebecca Pete, And I'm Rebecca Cochran. And, and welcome, welcome to Woven, where we strive to be Christians living in the world with intention. And our prayer is that, to paraphrase Mary Zimmer, the Christ who knew Mary and Martha would show us the way of balance. Thanks, Thanks for listening. This is the last in our friendship, last episode in our friendship series, and it's been so good. And we know we've talked kind of about our experience with friendship, um, kind of friendship in theory, and now we're kind of get into the nuts and bolts of what to do in tricky situations. And for that, I have asked one of my favorite people in the world, Pat Brannon, my long-suffering counselor, um, <laughs> to be here today and speak into this topic. So. Pat, welcome to Woven. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Um, would you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit about your family, your work, all of that? Mm-hmm. Well, I have a family. I have two sons, um, two daughters-in-law that I consider my daughters as well. Um, and I have nine grandchildren. Mm-hmm. So we have a big family now, which is wonderful. Um, and it's a very diverse family. Um, we have some children who were born here. Um, we have a little girl, a granddaughter who was born in China. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have some Hispanic kids in our family, which is wonderful. I love all of it. Um, I've been counseling for about 30 years. Um, I'm also a certified coach and mediator. Mm-hmm. Um, my ministry partner and I co-founded um, A Connected Life. And uh, Jane Joyner is mm-hmm. my uh, partner, my ministry partner. We used to do some marriage seminars. We don't do that so much anymore. But I particularly love working with couples. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Rebecca Cochran. And <laughs> especially at the top of the list. <laughs> at the top of the list. Let, let's all afford Number afford one. <laughs> just kidding. Um, would you tell us about just kind of your friendship so we're talking about friendships Mm -hmm. and sort of um how to practically live this out and because you've had more experience than either of us have had we wanted to kind of hear about what was the trajectory for you of friendships from like young to Mm -hmm. young married life to kids to Mm -hmm. now like how has that looked and changed yeah well I grew up in church Mm -hmm. and so a lot of my friends from the time I was very young were church friends um, and my mother comes from a large family, so I also had a lot of cousins that were nearby. Um, I'm very fortunate in that. I don't think a lot of people have that today, but yeah. I had yeah. great friends who were my cousins, neighbors. I was in clubs at school, so um, a lot of activities that I did, and I met people. Mm-hmm. And then as I got older and I got married, um, still church friends were big uh, in my life. Steve and I, my husband, um, we played Alta Tennis for about 35 years. So we made a lot of friends through tennis in uh-huh. our neighborhood and um, and small groups with the church. Um, with kids, once you have children, everything changes a little bit. We all yes, know that. Yes. <laughs> um, our ability to put a lot of time and effort into, into having friendships changes, too. And um, so when when my kids were small, I think that a lot of our friendships were around their sports. They were very involved in sports and activities. So a lot of our friendships came out of that. Um, I have to say, though, the friends that I really developed the closest, deepest relationship with um, were the friends that I made when I was on staff at a church for a long time. Those friends became um, so close. And when I went through some struggles in my marriage and also some losses, some deaths in my family, I don't know how I would have gotten through that without those friendships. They're very dear to me. Um, Now, at the stage that I am now in life, my husband is retired and um, I'm still working. and now it the friendships are extremely close and deep. I have four women that I meet with every month, and we always work through a book together. But it's much more about our relationships than it is about the book. So that we've been doing that for five or six years. So we've really developed close relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, it so, just brings back our point of um, friendships 
part of the immersed seasons. Like there's some, we have some friends, I think that are, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Perennial. Is that when they come up? Uh, annual is every year. Perennial mm-hmm. is one Seasonal. season. Yeah. Okay. So we have, yeah. we have friends that are annual. Like <laughs> yes. they, they stay around. We, we have those few, but like you have, but I, I think that a lot of us um, experience the seasonal friendships yeah. as well. Yeah. And like how to, I think a lot of what we've been talking about is how to handle both of those in balance. Well, and how to see them for what they are. Yeah. And not, because my tendency is to think that every friendship has to be like this lifelong, like deep, like, yes. you know, or it's not real. Like that's my tendency. And yeah, I think yeah. some people just are the opposite where they don't ever really like try to go deep. That's more my, my tendency. Yeah. I, I, I've gotten better in the, the, the last 10 years of my life of developing re- friendships, a couple of friendships that last. Yeah. But, um, f- for a long time, I just, I was, I was good with the seasonal friendships, you know, yeah. just like sticking with those. So, um, how do you think we can discern like what? Cause I feel like, like I have some relationships now where they're, they're seasonal friendships, but I really like the people. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I would like to be friends with them outside mm-hmm. of seasonal, but I'm not sure if like they want to be friends outside of seasonal. And I don't really know how to like, how do you feel like you've discerned in your life? Like who ended up being your really close friends? Like how did that work? Mm-hmm. Well, you know that all of us realize that um, we click with some people and we don't yeah. click with others. You know, yeah. you yeah, just yeah. feel a closeness to some people much quicker um, but I think, and this gets into um, being an introvert versus an extrovert. Uh, yes. yes. Um, I think that introverts, by and large, are clo- are happy with one or two close friends. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, we don't need a lot of yeah. close friends. Extroverts um, are like a few more in yeah. their life. And so yeah. I think some of it is that. But I think you have to to ask yourself the question, is this somebody I really want to put a lot of energy into? Or do I even have the time and energy to put into this friendship right now? Sometimes we just don't. Yeah. 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 And how do we, I think that's something that um, can be hard too, is knowing how much time and energy, like knowing when you put up your boundary and you say, I don't have time or energy. And then also knowing when is it because sometimes we have to bend those and there are mm-hmm. good times to say, like, I'm going to do a little more. I'm going to go a little bit outside of like, because what are boundaries are fences, not fences. walls. Right. That's yeah. So how do you know? And I know, obviously, you can't like really. I made a joke earlier about giving a pat answer, but all of your answers are pat answers. Pat, <laughs> but like, this is not really an answerable question, but more of like, how can you sort of discern when a boundary comes up and you kind of want to break it, but maybe you're like, I don't know, I'm not great at boundaries. I'm scared to break my boundary. You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I have this conversation with my husband. Okay. Um, there are certain things that I say, you know what? I have to keep this boundary because if I, if I don't keep this boundary with you, then you're going to think that every time this comes up, it's okay. Uh-huh. So I think that we have to know how the other person is going to react, partly. Okay. See how they react when you talk to them about boundaries. Some people, if you let the fence open just a little bit, want to come in and live. Right. right? Yeah. And so you have to be cautious about that. Some people are very respectful of your boundaries. If they are, I think that you can be more flexible. Yeah. So it depends sense? on the person you're dealing with. It really kind of, does. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, that and how sense. you feel about them. Yeah. And, well, and we, we've been talking about how you can balance between because there there are some relationships, especially especially those longstanding relationships that are deeper. And we only have a few of like those tend to be most time, hopefully 50 50 relationships. And we've talked about how it's not always 50 50. But um, but there are seasons in our life where we're giving less and they're giving more and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And like how to tell the difference between a friendship that's like that, that's this longstanding friendship that we there's give and take. But sometimes somebody's giving more than taking. And then there's those other relationships where we start to realize, okay, I'm only giving and they're only taking or vice versa. Like, mm-hmm. how do you distinguish between yeah, those Yeah, well, that's two? actually, we got um, some questions, listener questions. So yes. that actually is one of them. So I'm just going to read the listener okay, question. Yeah. Um, I noticed that a lot of my friend in a lot of my friendships, I am more invested than my friend. I reach out, I plan things, but I'm not sure my friend really wants to reciprocate or be as close as I want to be. What should I do? I think you talk about it. 
I, I mean, the first rule of friendships is that you're able to talk about things. Mm-hmm. And so you might say to that person, I'd really like for us to be closer, um, but I notice that I'm the one that's reaching out most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so would would you like for us to develop this relationship? Would you like to be a closer friend? Is that something you're interested in? Do you have the time to put into it? Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. And so I think you have to ask that person where they are. You get tired of being the only one that's putting into the relationship. That gets exhausting. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes it just becomes a habit. Like it's not even that the person doesn't value you or yeah. it's just sort of like if you've always done something, it it's can just be. kind of what a habit it can be that. Yeah. Um, I think you also have to let people know what you need in a friendship. Yes. Yeah. So it's okay to say, you know, it would really help me if you would reach out to me from time yeah. to time. I'd yeah. feel more like this was a, a peer relationship. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. really good. And it goes back to like, you need to know what you need. Well, yeah. yeah. And it's also being willing to communicate. So my tendency is if I was in that situation, in this l- listener situation, like I would just drop the friendship because uh, at least in my l- l- less healthy times but in healthier <laughs> yeah. times of my life it would just be like oh I'm giving too much peace you know yeah. like and yeah. and some people I think they dig in more if you if you tend yes. to have a personality that um that is you know wants to codependent, codependent. I for yes. dear life I'm you like, no, for no, 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 yeah exactly and I'm more of the opposite of, and we had to find the balance right but I'm the opposite and I'm like oh if I'm giving too much and it, you obviously um are not reciprocating so you obviously don't want to be my friend so bye but I don't even I don't communicate that yeah when when you it could be that they're in that hard spot and I don't know it and that's why they're not yeah. reciprocating yeah. maybe they don't realize they're not reciprocating maybe it's just like you've always like you said you're just gonna have it and you're the one who's always done it and yeah. I'm not and that's just easy and this is how a relationship works without even knowing that's what's going on yeah but my first instinct is to um is I is to be like oh obviously this relationship's not worth it and just be done with it yeah. instead yeah. of communicating yeah for sure yeah I did a boundaries talk for a group of pastor's wives once mm-hmm. and we talked about the fact that was interesting it was very interesting <laughs> yeah. and um we talked about the fact that you know Walking into church, seeing somebody across the way and just trying your best to ignore them is not the healthiest thing yeah. to do. <laughs> you know, yeah, and yeah, this hurtful. ignoring the situation works better when you're not in close proximity. Yes. <laughs> like I it's a little bit easier for me if it's a friendship that that we're not but if it's like you know my neighbor across the street or somebody at church a little harder it's a little harder um you have to be like you have to work a little bit harder at your ghosting and then it's more awkward (laughs) well I think too I was thinking about that question and I tend to not reach out or be direct but I think it's because I'm afraid of being rejected like I think I'm afraid of them saying you know what I actually don't like you that much and Mm -hmm. I'm just being nice yeah which I don't think would happen But in my head, I mean, maybe it would, but like in my head, I think that's why I'm scared to reach out. Mm -hmm. So I think if you're like, oh, that sounds scary. I don't know. It's like, well, why is it scary? What is it that's scary about it? Is it being vulnerable? Is it the rejection? Yes. Henry Cloud, you know, who wrote the book, uh, co-authored the book Boundaries, um, says, go look in the mirror and ask yourself, why? Why am I not able to have that talk? Mm -hmm. Why am I not able to say no? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, so going off of that, mm-hmm. I guess, how how many close relationships do you think it is realistic for people to have? And I guess because we talked in our previous episode about the circles of friends. So you have like your inner circle mm-hmm. that's really close. And you have kind of like the middle and then you have the acquaintances. Yeah. And then you have everybody else. Mm-hmm. So I think what a lot of us do is we think everyone has to be in those two center ones. And we, I, I don't know how to maintain the acquaintance. That's tricky for me because mm-hmm. I feel like if I like somebody and I see them at church, I need to go hang out with them. And that isn't <laughs> what I, I don't have time for that. Yeah, There's yeah, a lot of can't. people I want to do that with, yes. and I just don't yeah. have the time. So it's like, mm-hmm. how realistically, and I know it's different for everybody, like what you said about introvert and extrovert, introvert, there's yeah. different things, but like, how can we discern, like how many people can I actually do this with? It's a great question. And, um, Research shows that it, um, it's like in layers, right? Yeah, like yeah. you're saying. Um, the inner layer is typically about three to five people, and that's all. Yeah. That's about all that most people can maintain. Do you think that would include, like, <clears throat> your family? 
Um, if we're talking, cause I just think like between my husband and two kids, I feel like that's three people right there. Yeah. So, no, I think this is really more about friendship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, having close friends, three to five people. Now you might consider your husband and part of that. I would. Yeah. yeah cause yeah. I spend lots of time with him. So he yeah. would be in that inner circle. Then the next level is about 15 people. Okay. And then it moves out to about 50. Yeah. And then uh, research shows that about 150 people, acquaintance-wise, is all you can maintain. That's and your those, <laughs> I have way more. Than <laughs> I know. I'm just checking. <laughs> yeah, it's about all you can maintain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But even hearing, sorry, even hearing 15 people in the middle sounds like a ton to me. Like, that's terrifying. Well, I think I think that has to do with the fact of what you think you should do with those 15 yes. people. So for me, and I, you're an introvert and I'm an extrovert. Uh-huh. So in that inner circle of people, I can I can think of five that I have in my inner circle of people, not counting my husband. I, I agree with you that my husband's in that inner circle and I would tell him what I, mostly what I would tell yeah. all those other five people. But like, I have like, I can think of five people that are in that inner circle and I feel good about that. Like, mm-hmm. Five might be too much for you. So yeah. you're like maybe on the other end of that range. But that 15, I think I could I could think of 15 in that range. And it doesn't make me stressed out. But it's because I have different expectations of those 15 people. What are your expectations? I'm just curious. Like, what is that? I mean, my expectations of those people are like, if, if we see each other or if we hang out, like we're, we're at a party or we have a get together or whatever, then I talk to those people about what's going on in my life. Mm-hmm. Or we, or I'm like, you know what? I have a... I haven't seen so in so while. Maybe I should ask her to lunch. Like that's a little bit different than like the couple of friends that like every day I'm checking in on them. You know what I'm saying? Or every couple of days I'm checking mm-hmm. in on them. Mm-hmm. That's more of that like middle layer of yeah, they're they're fun to be around. I'd invite them to my birthday party, like mm-hmm. you know. But mm-hmm. I don't like think that I need to like call every fifteen one of those or text every fifteen one of those every day or every couple of days or leave them once a week to be like what's going on. But I think about those people and I mm-hmm. want to hang out with those people versus the fifty on the other one that like you're cordial to each other and like right. you're you're cool with seeing them at a party and you don't run the other direction. But they're mm-hmm. they're they're not your fifteen that you would that would be on your your son of genius for your meals if you had surgery mm-hmm. you know yeah, yeah, yeah you know the the ones in the middle circle are the ones coordinating the sign up genius the yeah, ones yeah. in the 15 are the ones that are probably going to bring you the meal and the yeah. ones in the 15 or the 50 might check in might check with other people to see how you're doing or yeah, send yeah. you a card or, or send you a card or whatever like, that. yeah. like that's kind of how i view that like later yeah. so yeah. how do you view it though um in my unhealthy space <laughs> i <laughs> i tend to I don't know what it is, but I feel like something about me makes people go deep and talk to me a lot. I think it's mm-hmm. oh, 100%. Before, and like, that's so, why you're in my inner circle. <laughs> <laughs> you're in mine too. <laughs> but there's only like two other people. <laughs> there's three. There's four of you. There's four of you. And that's enough. And that's um, a lot. That is a lot. For an introvert, that's a lot. Because my kids are a lot. And my husband's a lot. Yes. And it's like, blah. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like what tends to happen, and I can't be alone in this, is that I hang out with people and they like want to go deeper. Mm. Like they want to, I realize how this sounds. I'm not saying everyone wants to be my friend. That's not no, true. No, no. It's like they, I just, I bring it out. You invite I feel like you do this to yeah, people, Pat, because you're a counselor. So mm-hmm. it's hard for yes. you to kind of be. But introverts long for deep connection. Yes. And so we just naturally do that. And, and then it's hard yeah. because then I'm like, oh, that's just normal for me. Mm-hmm. But like, maybe that isn't normal for that person. And now they think that we're like really close. But for me, it was like, well, that's just how I am to everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I've had to learn to not do because that's not appropriate to be super deep with everyone. And I mm-hmm. get that. But like, I've had to learn that. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, I feel like I get more people who want to yes. hang out and then I get really like overwhelmed and stressed yes. out. And then I think I'm hurting everyone's feelings. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I think that's the difference is, so let's, let's say I wasn't in your inner circle and you were in my inner circle. Okay. okay. Which probably was the case at some point. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like and I, I'm going deep with you, uh-huh. but because I'm going, speaking as a person who's, who's, who doesn't, who, who likes to go deep with other people, but don't always invite deepness into my life does this make sense Uh like people aren't always looking to me to be their deep relationship but I have a few people I'm deep with Mm -hmm. like I I'm not expecting out of you what you think I'm expecting out of you oh okay does that make sense well like what is like if I am if I'm willing to open myself up to you and I may be in that 15 ring instead of that inner ring willing to open up to you most of the time I'm not expecting you to then bring me a meal or to like yeah. hang out with me all the time yeah and there may be some of those people and we can talk about that in a second yeah. like people that like are like trying to crowd into your inner yeah, space yeah. and you don't have time for them what do you do but like for me as a person who 
who does look to you as someone who I can go deep with, mm-hmm. I don't think, oh, she's she's not reciprocating that with me. Oh, You know I what see. I'm saying? But you think that I'm thinking that. Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't think that you're thinking that, but I okay. know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Well, I think that the what's needed here is benevolent detachment. Yes. You know, it's learning to detach. It's yes. learning to have relationships where you don't have to be their all in all and they don't have to yes. be their all in all. Yeah. Which um, actually John Eldridge has a new book and I don't remember the title of it where he talks about that very thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll have to look that up and yeah. put that in the show notes. I mean, that, that goes back good. to being a little kid. Like my kids now are like, you're my best friend. You're not my best friend. It's like, we all want yeah. that one friend. Yes. And I remember yeah. Chris telling me a couple of years ago, like he was like, you don't want a friend. You want a sister. And I was like, wow. I do want a sister yeah. and I don't have one. And I had to really like look mm-hmm. at my, cause I have friendships that are that have been there for so long and are so close they're like sisters but they're not sisters and Mm yeah I think too that just goes back to our expectations and friendship and knowing like what is it I'm expecting people to do for me and vice versa Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah. well knowing that knowing about yourself that you're that people do feel comfortable with you mm-hmm. but like you can only feel that com- that comfortable with a small group mm-hmm. of people and being okay with that being okay with me pouring my heart out to you I'm not talking about me like the, I'm using yeah. me as an example but me pouring my heart out to you and like you just don't have the space to like return that yeah and being okay with that does that make sense my thing is like I am totally fine like I am my ideal friendship is one in which we hang out once a month for four hours. And then I don't have to call you. I don't yes. have to talk. Do you know what I mean? That's an like, introvert. that's ideal mm-hmm. for me. It's like, yes. I want to, when I'm with that person, I want to be really with them. I want to mm-hmm. know everything that's going on. Yes. And then I don't want that extra. I think that it's like that extra pressure of like, oh, yes. I haven't called them. Oh, like that's what stresses me out. It's right. not actually the person. Cause I'm fine being like, okay, bye. <laughs> Well, but, but if you're in your okay. close, yeah, but if you're yeah. in your close circle, you should be able to say that to them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is me. I this yeah. is what I want from this relationship. And um, there have been times in my life where I would not have received that well. <laughs> but there are times like I would have that I'm in it. So hopefully, your relationships are in a place that you can say those things. Mm-hmm. And like me, on the opposite, I have to be okay with like those people in my inner circle. I expect to hear from them a lot. Yeah. And I used to, it would be, it would hurt my feeling that I would think that I had done something wrong if oh, they yeah, did it. Yeah. But now I'm like, you know what? People have busy lives and she's an introvert. She's an extrovert. And like, part of it is just like knowing your friends mm, and seeing That's your so friends true. for who, who they are. Cause I have close friends in my inner circle who are introverts. And I have close friends in my inner circle that are extroverts. Mm-hmm. And like, I have to distinguish, I know that this extroverted friend of mine, I can text her every day. Mm-hmm. And she's cool with that. Like, and I could call her every day and I could ask her to lunch once a week. And like, she's good with that. And like, I need to give my introverted for friends space. Yeah. Right. And that's so important because introverts need time to recharge alone. Yeah. They need that time. And if they're around people a lot, then they are going to have to pull away from around their kids a lot. So that, kids, yeah, that, yes, that drains right. that from you. Yeah. Well, that's a good, sorry. I feel like this is kind of turning into a Rebecca Cochran counseling question. That's not my <laughs> intention. But I, I think there's one other thing, which is at that point, yeah. if you are an introvert mom and yeah. you've got kids who are under like what, I mean, all kids are kind of take a lot of your bandwidth. Yeah, but if but they're like, not in school Under 10? Yes, yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, ha- I have a deep need for friend connections. Sure. But I also really don't have a lot of time for that. Yes. How do, I, and again, like there's not really an answer to that, but how do we navigate and prioritize that? I think we have to know what our priorities are, first of all. And okay. I'm sure your children are at the top of your list. Mm-hmm. And talk about that with your friends. Just say, I would really love to spend more time with you, but I'm just not able to. You know, mm-hmm. my priority is my family. Mm-hmm. And so please understand it's not because I don't care about you or want to spend time with you. It's just that I have a limited amount of time. And I think today, if we don't put it on the calendar, it doesn't happen, right? That's true. Mm-hmm. You know, so figuring out how you put it on your calendar yeah. makes a big yeah. difference. I think yeah. having a little bit of difference uh, people in your life. Like I have one close friend that's in my inner circle that like I could call her right now and say let's go get lunch and like that she'd be like okay and like that doesn't that doesn't like um Mm -hmm. cramp her style right that doesn't Mm -hmm. get into her space and like make her feel exhausted Mm -hmm. then I have other friends I have to be like hey next week can we go get lunch yeah yeah yeah, you know and so part of that is the other on the other person to wreck you have to give you have to communicate your expectations but they also have to like receive that and if they aren't receiving that well and you can speak to this better pat because you're the therapist and i'm not but like 
if they can't if they can't receive that, maybe you need to think about whether they should be in your inner circle or not. Well, that goes back to like, is this a person who is a good like that was a question. Did we answer that question already? Hold on. Yeah, that's the one we mm-hmm. answered. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, we were going to talk about expectations, expectations with friends. And one expectation is that they respect your boundaries. Yeah. Yes. You know, if they're not respectful of your boundaries and keep trying to break through them or tell you why you shouldn't have them, then that probably is not a healthy relationship for you. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely dealt with that a lot. Have you in your friendships like? And I've been the perpetrator too. Like yeah. it's been both ways. Mm-hmm. I've, I mean, you yeah. know, I've had, I've had, so I've had, I've had a couple of friendships. I think, I don't know, in my younger, I would say prior than to like seven or eight years ago, I just didn't really go deep with people. So I don't think I was ever at the place where they were pushing down my fences because mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I built walls, not fences. Mm-hmm. So part of that is I didn't have anybody like pushing my boundaries because my boundaries were so mm-hmm. stiff, oh, yeah. you know? Uh-huh. Um, but as I've, as I've, gotten healthier I think that um I I have had a little bit of that but not very much where I felt like but I also can handle more I think in mm-hmm. in, in my extrovertedness of people like it doesn't wear me out that mm-hmm. people are pushing in oh, um yeah the the struggle that I've had in a couple of my like super close friendships is either I was giving so much or I was getting so much. I was getting so much because it was a hard time in my life. Like went through a, a difficult period, and mm-hmm. and I and then later feeling guilty about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of like having a conversation about, hey, I'm so sorry that, or or hey, I know this was a really hard time for me. Thank you so much for how much you get mm-hmm. gave. I really appreciate that. I. Um, I hope that hasn't damaged our friendship. Instead of that, I just assumed it damaged our friendship. And then mm-hmm. I closed off walls. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've had a couple of friendships where it, it went through a time period where they were taking a lot. Mm-hmm. But we'd also been friends for long enough that I knew. Yeah. There was a history there that... Yeah. that and, but I've had to have conversations being like, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't talk about this anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we need, I need to, I, oh, let's only talk about this once every few days instead of every day for yeah. hours at a time or whatever. So, um, and she, or the couple people that happened with respected that boundary. So yes. she's still in my inner circle. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah. had she not respected that boundary and been like, you're a terrible friend, then we probably wouldn't be friends anymore. That's funny. I went through a period very similar to that where I was, um, just like not well and I had one friend who was like did that she was like I cannot talk about this anymore if you talk about this I have to hang up the phone yes I was like all right and then I had another friend who never said that Mm -hmm. but got so irritated with me that we're not friends anymore exactly and it's really like it's just I so appreciate the friend who said it because that was so Mm -hmm. loving yes and it meant she cared enough to say you're making me insane yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was like thank you and I and that helped me to instead of being like, well, now this person's gone and I don't really know why. I think I know why. But it, it, it helped me to grow and to learn from yes. that experience. And now I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, I need to not do that again because that's yes. exhausting. Or check in with her and be like, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and, is this getting to be too much? Yeah. And I yeah. will say that that is something that's ha- helped healthily in my life in the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. My initial, like, had I been friends with this, this person in an unhealthy state and mm-hmm. she had gone through a hard time and I felt like I was um, giving more than I was getting, my instinct would be to not yeah. say anything yeah. and just, like, cut the relationship. Yeah. And I would always mm-hmm. be wondering why. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have left a trail. So I'm mm-hmm. not, yeah. I've, I've burned bridges. Oh, we've all made that. huge mistakes. I'm not saying that I that I have always known how to do this, but I do know that this in this one circumstance, when I did say she appreciated, yeah, for sure, and it has changed our relationship, and our relationship is still close. And I think Mm -hmm. that you know, I think that's just a testament to like communication. Well, I think that there are, I mean, there are sketchy bad people in the world, but for the most part. People aren't trying to, like, drive you crazy or be needy. I don't think. I think people just are hurt or they're dealing with things they don't know how to, like, communicate. And we're all just kind of doing our best. So having grace for people. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like, to to lovingly say Mm -hmm. things that are hard to say is just so helpful. Trusting that people are doing the best they can with what they have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a good perspective. But also saying, okay, that may be true, but I need to also protect what... That's right. That's That's right. Trust, you know, whether or not you can trust this person is huge. And, you know, trust, um, 
uh, who is it? Henry Cloud talks about trust as understanding, motive, ability, character, and track record, which is yeah. what you talked about. Oh, you know, what's good. the track record? Yeah. What, yeah. What's the history? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think we talked about in our last episode, like sometimes we have to take a step of trust and see what happens, knowing that it could not go well. Most likely it will go well mm-hmm. when we open up and mm-hmm. are trusting, but sometimes it might not and we have to be okay with that mm-hmm. that going to happen I've had to learn that like yeah. I have to be okay that there might be at some point where I'm going to get hurt and I just have to that's the, that's the price you pay of trusting you yes. know yes. Um, and loving and um, so my question is we've all I think probably experienced or we're going to experience a time where we we come and we bring somebody into our either inner circle or kind of like that medium circle that are toxic and mm-hmm. like how to recognize like a toxic friendship versus one that's just like going through a hard time. Like you, mm-hmm. what you were saying, Rebecca, like how, mm-hmm. how can you tell the difference between a toxic friendship and mm-hmm. one that's just in a bad place right now? And they, we just need to communicate more. Uh, well, I think that if they respect you when you're trying to set an appropriate boundary with them, that's a good sign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If they don't, then talk about that. You yeah. know, talk about the fact that I need to be respected in order to establish trust. But I think these things are really important. Um, are they understanding? Do they try to understand where you're coming from? Yeah. Um, what is their motive? Mm-hmm. You know? Um do you see this some as someone who really has the ability to grow? And are you are you talking to them about growth? Do you see them embracing growth? Because yes. a lot of people talk, 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 talk about their problems, but they don't have a willingness to really grow yeah. and change. So I think as friends, I want a friend in my life who is helping me grow. Yeah. But also growing with me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. For sure. Um, character. You yeah. Know, what do you see in their character? Is it someone that you think, again, has the ability to continue to grow and become a better friend? Yeah. And then track record. Yeah. You know, track mm-hmm. record is huge. Um, if this is someone who has disappointed you, disappointed you again and again and again and again, or pushed through those boundaries again and again, yeah. or just keeps coming back to you with the same problems again and again and again then, you, you know, you have to ask yourself the question, do I want to continue to put time and energy into this? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Do you think that toxic relationships can ever be redeemed? I believe everybody can grow and change. Yeah. So if there's a willingness to do that, yes, absolutely, I think they can be. Yeah. But if somebody is not willing to grow or change yeah. or even look at their um, their self mm-hmm. realistically, then not much is going to happen, I don't think. Yeah. I've had to learn about myself too, that I can't be everything to everybody. And not in the way we were talking Mm -hmm. about earlier, but more of like if somebody's going through something hard and they're constantly coming to me about it. And my first instinct as an Enneagram three was like, is like, yeah, I can help you with that. Like I totally have the <laughs> advice for that. I totally know how to deal with that, you know? And, um, and so I just constantly pour in and at some point I need to realize that like, I don't know everything. It's a little hard to be like, you know what? I don't know everything. Maybe you should go talk to somebody who has more experience than you. Maybe you need to go mm-hmm. see a counselor. And then like, if they have a willingness for that and they get, they're going and seeking help yes. and then they're still coming to you because they need to talk to you as a friend and I can go, okay, I can help you with this, but you probably need to talk to your counselor about this. Like That's recognizing right. your like inability to like be everything to everybody. Um, Cause I just assume that I know everything about everything. <laughs> I hate to admit that, but I do like, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, my first instinct is like, yeah, I can totally give you advice on that. And then at some point, like, am I, is my advice really helpful or do they need to talk to somebody about this that has experience or mm-hmm. has a degree or like that's their job is and I, that's not my job well, and I think know? that goes back to something we talked about in our first episode in the series was like you know female friendships can get to that place where like for a long time in my 20s my friends were my family and mm-hmm. we did do the emotional support thing and it's mm-hmm. been um interesting to like pull back from that and maintain the friendships Mm -hmm. while also Mm -hmm. turning more to your husband as you ought to. And maybe that wasn't so healthy that we did that. And so I think that it can also be just like in our culture, that's how it is. Like Mm -hmm. you go to your friends and you eat brunch and you talk about stuff and it's like, that's good. But I guess where's the, yeah, I feel like female friendship now is just sort of this, like we're sisterhood. And it's like, that's great. 
but it's also not always appropriate to always yeah. rely on your friends for that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just a, it's a balance there too. And sure. as Christians, you know, um, ultimately we, we should be going back to the Lord for our, right. our identity and for our comfort and those kinds yeah. of things too. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And you were talking about, I think sometimes, a lot of times, I think people don't even want advice Often yes, they want right. empathy. Yes, and so that I think is a is something that we can learn to give. Yeah, and um, that will actually help people a great deal. Yeah. Oh, and that goes back to communication is mm-hmm. like learning to be like, okay, what is it that you want from me in this moment? Yeah, like I have to do this in my marriage. Oh yeah. Um, sure. Like, do you want me to listen mm-hmm. in this moment? Are you looking for me to like give you some advice? And then if you are looking to, for me to give you some advice, this is what I think. But maybe uh, if it gets to a point where I don't have the answers anymore, maybe you need to talk to somebody else. And then also, mm-hmm. I like what you said. Just the reminder, even though I think we all know this, like going to the Lord, just reminding my friend, like my friends mm-hmm. that um that i i can't be there and yeah, i'll be all like they right. have to you know they also have to go to the lord for for wisdom and mm-hmm. and for direction and i can't be that for them even though i'd like to think that i can yeah <laughs> <laughs> what about when it's like the person just always wants empathy but you don't see any desire mm. to change what about that relationship i think empathy we always give mm-hmm. but you give empathy and then you move on yeah. Okay. Right? You yes. don't just stay stuck in, oh, yes. I'm so sorry for you. That must yeah. be awful. You go, gosh, I'm, I know that must be really painful. Hey, what are we ordering for yes. lunch? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. 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 That's true. Yeah. Um. Oh, unrelated to expectations, but do you think it's important to have friends like outside of your bubble, like your life stage, to have mm-hmm. people who are sort of diverse, whether it's like older, younger uh, single married, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to know people outside of our yeah. um, age range, uh, place in life, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very fortunate because I do have a lot of clients who are anywhere from 16 to 70 something. So yeah. I get to interact with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I think it's important because, and my grandchildren, I love to talk to them. They're, oh, yeah. they're from four to 27. So I have a lot in there that I can learn from them. Yeah, um, I love talking to them because I don't think we should be, be out of touch yeah. with our society. And um, at different ages and stages experience society differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and have different perspectives. So I think that's very healthy. But my closest friends are people who are pretty close to my mm-hmm. age and stage. Yeah, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast, just mm-hmm. like how to, I don't know, I think. Yeah, we have different experiences in this. Yeah, I like think. I have friends who are outside of my life stage and it's been really good, but it's also had its own set of challenges, yeah. you know? Yes. Um. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. and I, um, I would, I'm trying to think. I, I think my inner circle definitely is all in the same stage as me for the most part within a, a range. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a little bit older than you, but not that. I would say we're in the same like mm-hmm. range because um, your youngest, your your kids are this, about the same age as my youngest. So we're pretty much, I'm pretty much everybody in my inner circle, um, and I have to fight the tendency to make that next circle mm-hmm. look exactly like me too, mm-hmm. and that's where I feel like. I don't feel like you have to bring them all. Maybe you do. Maybe you do have someone in your inner circle that really is 30 years older than you or someone who's single or younger than you. But for the most part, for me, it's that inner circle is pretty much the same stage as me. But I need to fight for that Mm -hmm. that next layer to have maybe one or two other people that aren't. Because it's it's just easier. This is good. This goes life in general. It's just easier to be with people who are in the same stage as you Mm -hmm. or look like you or Mm -hmm. do church like you or whatever, like, or go to the same school you do if if you go to public school and you're, you have other friends that go to private school like it's mm-hmm. it's easy to keep that like all those circles looking just like you yeah um and it, it's harder work um it is but uh, yeah you mentioned something both of you mentioned something briefly that I think is important to talk about and that is married women with children especially having relationships with single women yeah and how that works for you how how do you do that I think one of my inner circle people is a single woman. Um, my other single friends, I would say, are more in that middle yeah. circle. Um, 
but I think the reason that particular friend is in that place is because she's just, she's really healthy. She's very considerate and like mm-hmm. accommodating and aware. Mm-hmm. That's um, and that's how we've managed to make it. And I, it's such a, I mean, she's one of my favorite people mm. in the world. I love her, you know, and I, I love spending time with her and um, it would definitely not be the same if she weren't in my life, but it, you know, and I feel like we're just, we have good communication about things and we're able to, you know, um, yeah, we just talk about when it's hard or she'll, she's told me before, like, sometimes it's hard to see that your husband bought you this sweet yes. Christmas. And, you know, we have yes. that conversation, but, um, mm-hmm. that hasn't always been my experience with, um, single friends. Like I've definitely had some times that felt a little like some jealousy mm-hmm. or just mm-hmm. some like kind of not not understanding or wanting to understand that my priorities were just different and feeling hurt and like not seen. And so that's been tricky, but um, I would say that the, the friendship that has proven to be the best it's because we are really open with communication and she's super like aware Mm -hmm. and thoughtful. So she's respectful. Yes. As I am of her. her. Yes. And keeping in mind, you know, how you, you know, come off to her, you know, like yeah. how things that you could do could mm-hmm. be insensitive to like having yes. that reciprocity and, and I do make sensitive. more effort for her. Yes. Like I do make effort to make sure that it's mm-hmm. like, I'll come to you. You don't always have to just come to my house because it's easier. Like I, so it's like, I feel like yeah, that's a big mm-hmm. deal. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like I do that because she does the same for me. So it's like, mm-hmm. well, and I, and I, I actually, this is an area I want to grow in mm-hmm. because since I've been married since I was 21, mm-hmm. All of my friends are married. Yeah. Like you got married a little bit later. So you yeah. ha- you still have friendships with people that you have before you got married. So some of them are still single. Like mm-hmm. I literally have no single friends. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I might have somebody out in that 50 range, but I definitely don't have anybody in the 15 or the inner circle that's yeah. single. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would like to make that not be the case. You mm-hmm. know, I'd like to build relationships and, you know, our church is, um, you know, launching neighborhood groups and my husband and I lead a neighborhood group. And for a while, the neighborhood group was just young marrieds with children mm-hmm. because it's just what's easy. Yeah, right. Sure. And so, and now we're starting to bring in other people and it's gonna. It's, we have some empty nesters in our group. We have some single people in our group and I'm excited about developing those relationships. And mm-hmm. yeah, they may not come into the inner circle, but like, at least I'm, I'm, getting a different perspective and like bringing people in Mm -hmm. that look differently than me and seeing that God can use those relationships in my life too. Yeah. I think, and I work with a lot of single women and they feel very um, left out. Yeah. And and they also sometimes feel very jealous of what uh, married women have. Um, So I think it's hard. I think it's hard to work together. Well, and vice versa. No, she point to remind my single friends yes. the things that are good about That's me not that I don't love my husband dearly because I no, do but there there are things that I'm like oh that would be easier if I was yes. and especially yes. as an it's introvert so I'm like you get to go home Ooh. and like be by yourself and do whatever you want yes. <laughs> like, that sounds amazing <laughs> yes so I think it's, so it goes back to you and your your friend that's in your inner circle that's that is single like you guys can have that conversation yeah, with each totally. other versus other people may not be willing yeah. to have that conversation. So, right. Yeah. yeah. Being think, honest with each other and, and yeah. being respectful of each other. It, it's so wonderful. Like, well, and you it can build keeps, a good relationship. Yeah. And I feel like it keeps the, whatever the negative emotion is, mm-hmm. it keeps it from getting bigger. Cause if yes. you just say like, you know what? I'm, I'm jealous of that. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I get that. Okay. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, it doesn't fester and become this mm-hmm. like thing. It's just yeah, sort of yeah. like out in the open and you're like, yeah, I know. Yeah. I get it. Like that's how it is. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. But like you said, you empathize with her. Yes. You know, you don't yeah. just say, oh, well, that's stupid. And yeah. you don't say, well, let me tell you how much my husband sucks. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Don't make, go there. Yeah. <laughs> Which I can see happening sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And, and vice versa. But yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Cause you feel like you want to like, be like, Make oh, it's not better. as great as you think it is. Yeah. And they're like, okay, why. now you're just pandering. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a tricky thing. It is. Tr- it's just like with it, the same thing. If you have friends that maybe they're married, but they don't have children. You yeah. Know? It's all. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah absolutely. Totally. And even in, I mean, even friends who are married with children, like our families are also different that it's it like, is. you can't really compare. And yes. we just have this human tendency to be like, well, what I'm doing is super hard and everyone else has it easier than me. <laughs> yes. Because my things are way harder than their things. <laughs> yeah. And it's just Especially so if you're four. right especially if you're me (laughs) your your hardness is so special (laughs) it's very special it's very unique you're so unique (laughs) so unique (laughs) i would like to point out that pat is also (laughs) we are so unique we are very unique um so 
I, I want to ask that question to you, though. You mm-hmm. asked us our experiences. So you're saying your experiences with single women are that, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's some jealousy, there's some old tension. Like, mm-hmm. have you seen any good things come out of, like, friends who are single? Mm-hmm. Like, what have you seen come out that's been good? It's very similar to what yeah. you just talked about. And I have one single friend, one, really, in uh-huh. my inner circle who mm-hmm. is also closer to my children's age than my age. Uh-huh. Um, but she's been a marvelous friend. And we have been able to talk about those things. Yeah. And, but, and she knows my husband really well, so we can have her over and she feels comfortable. So I think it's talking about it. It's, yeah. it's just talking about the differences and being understanding yeah. of each other, just like you talked about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to read a couple more listener questions. Okay. Okay. I have two friends who are very close to one another, and I often feel like I'm not as close to either of them, but I would like mm. to be. What do you recommend I do, and how should I approach it? Yeah, that's hard. Um, that's when you're in a group of three, um, almost always yeah. someone is going to feel a little bit left out. Sure. Um, and so I think you talk, you get in a group and you talk about that. Hey, mm-hmm. I'm feeling a little bit left out. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to build a closer relationship mm-hmm. with both of you. How can we do that? Well, how, well, how does that work for you? Is that something you would like to? Mm-hmm. And then talk about what you need to do to build that. You know, spending more time together. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, it's funny that you say the three because I, my ten-year-old daughter, you know, the, mm-hmm. the preteen trauma is beginning, mm-hmm. and the girls, all the girl stuff, and oh, I've yeah. noticed even since she was younger that when three of them are together, mm-hmm. it's very difficult it um, because they're also young and immature and trying to figure all of this out. Mm-hmm. And usually, if I have two of them, if I have four or five, it's fine. But when there's three of them, mm-hmm. it's it's very they somebody always feels left out, and mm-hmm. and I have to remember, you know, I feel like that too, mm-hmm. like. That's a very hard dynamic it to is. like navigate, but I've noticed it very, very much. And my daughter, it's interesting to ha- to see you know those dynamics. You and Maddie and Penny, yeah, they're only five. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, well, mm-hmm. they've got two of them. They may have another friend. They have over. one friend over. It's like a disaster. disaster. I have oh, two yeah. friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so I, I think that that's not. I, I think that's a, just a common like experience um, and recognizing that it's still hard as adults. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's a hard conversation to have that to sit down and like, I know that feels really awkward to be like, so, <laughs> so I love both of you. Uh, but I think most of them, like I think about like, I have, you know, I have some friendships where three of us are close mm-hmm. and I will get that twinge sometimes that I feel like I'm being left out. Yes. And I'm, and then I remember they probably feel that twinge sometimes too. Mm-hmm. That's a good you know, thing you know, like, mm-hmm. like, they went and did something together and I feel a little twingy about that. And then, but then there's sometimes that I just go out with one of them. Mm-hmm. The other one might feel like that. And like, just knowing, okay, I, this has nothing to do with me. Like, you know, like yeah. they are just having some time together. And like, so it's like the finding that line between of, I need to recognize that, that it's okay that they, yeah. that they spend time with the other person yeah, without yeah. me. And then recognizing when it's like, now I really truly do feel left out all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, like that's huge that, though, Rebecca. I mean, just realizing that and and being okay yes. with them doing things together yes. and you're not included. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's hard sometimes though, because we yeah. all get that. I was listening Social to, media um, doesn't help either. Because then we're like, oh, I saw they had lunch together. Right. <laughs> they checked in at that lunch place. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it goes back to like not being self-involved with it and knowing yeah. like it wasn't like they were like, let's not invite them. No, but, but almost but never that's, that's what the case. We, that's, yes. that's our that's, that's our, our go-to reaction. a lot of times. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. I was um, listening to a podcast recently that was talking about friendship and they said a line about um, the basically like the grace of excluding people mm-hmm. and how when you're trying to include everybody how much it changes group dynamics or like yes it just won't be the same thing if you just try to invite like the one person how sometimes if like the one person isn't as close with the other people it's actually nicer to not invite them than to have them come and feel awkward yeah mm-hmm. and it's like <laughs> we've all been in those awkward places where oh, we're like sure. okay i think they just invited me to be nice yeah or like really... this would be more fun if i weren't here because they could all do their thing and i'm yes. just sort of like they're all being yes. really polite and you're like i'll yes. just go like it's fine yeah but um i do think that there's something to be said for being aware of group dynamics yeah. and that maybe if you're not included it wasn't to be mean but maybe it you know, I, I don't know. It just made me think because I hadn't really thought of it that way. But mm-hmm. I was like, it is really nice if somebody 
is like, I don't know if Rebecca would like this. I'm not going to invite her. <laughs> Maybe you know? even have that conversation. Yeah. Of, you know, it's my birthday this weekend and I'm yeah. hanging out with these three That was the example friends. she gave was a birthday party and she invited mm-hmm. all of her friends and her mm-hmm. friends like didn't know each other and they were like, uh, like <laughs> instead of saying, okay, this group of friends really knows each other. So I'm going to have like a hangout with them. But say to my other friend, I love you. I'm yes. not inviting you to right. this because I right. felt like it would be weird. But you and I, let's go get lunch and celebrate. Yeah, and totally. like, I think we're just bad about remembering to do yeah. things like that. And then mm-hmm. we either exclude the person or we invite them because we don't want to exclude them. And, and then yeah. it's like worse. <laughs> yeah, totally. yes, yes. Yeah. Even, in, even though I've been married a long, long time, um, that's where my husband and I, Steve, get into trouble. Mm-hmm. And that is when we don't talk about it, right? Yeah. yeah. When you don't, you just assume. Yeah. Or you think that it's this way or whatever. And if you don't talk about it, then things break down. Yeah. Same like thing when, with friends. It's like when Beth said, when we, Beth McCord, when we did the Enneagram episode with her, she called it a suicide. Yes. yes. A suicide. That's yes. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We do that all the time. Yeah. Not just in our marriages, but in our friendships. Yes. We just yeah. assume what the other person's motives were. Mm-hmm. We don't really know what their motives were. Yeah. And my first instinct is, oh, they left me out because they don't like me. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then, like, oh, wait, no, that's not true. They probably just weren't thinking and they just invited the other person out to lunch and they weren't thinking, oh, we don't like Rebecca. Let's go out to eat with that. I mean, like, that happens a little bit in middle school, but that doesn't. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, hopefully yeah. that's not hopefully happening. Hopefully, that's not happening in my 40s. Yeah. And if they are, then I don't need to be friends with them anyway. So, just what I tell my daughter. Right. So. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I have a question that is not, we're, we have one more question mm-hmm. and then I'm going to ask this when we're wrapping up, I promise. Mm-hmm. But, um, so, the people you have to be friends with that you wouldn't choose, mm-hmm. like the people who maybe your kids go to the same school, you see them a lot. They're like proximity friends or I don't know, coworkers or whatever. Like I just, A, I want to acknowledge that these relationships exist and they can yes. be really tricky. Yes. But how do we navigate a friendship with somebody we don't want to be friends with? Um, well, I think you keep your distance, right? It's, okay. it's that whole see, detachment issue again. my tendency is to be again. like, oh, I don't like them. It must be something with you. Let me try harder to know them. Okay. Remember that you only have so many yes. people in this inner circle. So I think you decide where they're going to be in okay. the, in the yeah. circles, right? Um, sounds like for you, they're probably in the 50 circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you're nice to them. But mm-hmm. you don't invite them over and you just have a little bit of distance between yourself yeah. and them. Mm-hmm. I mean, but you could still be cordial. Yeah. 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 Do you feel like you have to make more time for them in your life? Again, it goes back to like how they're being. Like sometimes yeah. they're the people who are like, hey, let's do this. Hey, do this. And, oh, yeah. And you're just like, no, I don't want to. Like, Yeah. And how do you navigate that? Sorry, I feel like these are all turning into a counseling question. No, no, no. no. These are great questions. No, they're, I think everybody has these experiences in their lives. Yeah. And I think that partly goes back to let your yes be yes and your no be no, right? Uh Don't say yes when you really mean no. Yes. Because it'll confuse them. Yes, that's true. I I had an experience like this where there was a mom at my kid's school and I just didn't really, we just didn't Didn't click. click, And I was like, no, I should be nice. And it just turned into this whole thing where it, I was like dreading hanging out and then it was really hard to kind of like I feel like it's hard to back away yes, once it you is. it's like a lot easier to go slow than it is to like back yes. off once yes. you've gone, gone too, too fast. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is like dating. Like yes. it's yes. like the mixed signals mm-hmm. thing, like just being really careful not to like send mixed signals because you feel guilty or shame mm-hmm. that right. you're not being nice enough. Yeah, you know, and men don't do this, by the way. I don't think men do this. They don't struggle as much. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, maybe somebody. I don't want to like lump everybody into one right. bucket, but for the most part, yeah, I don't but think. this whole, like, I have to be nice to everybody. Yeah. I'm a Christian woman. Like, yeah. that whole thing is like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, last mm-hmm. question. Yeah. I feel really jealous of one of my friends, but I also love her. Everything seems to go well for her. And I waver between mm. wanting to be like her and being angry that things don't work out as well for me as they do for her. What should I do? Mm. that's really a hard one um you know the bible talks a good bit about um jealousy and not to compare ourselves among ourselves and so i think first of all um i'd ask the question why why am i doing that why am i Mm -hmm. comparing myself Mm -hmm. to that person but then i think one of the best ways to move through any negative feelings toward another person is when you pray bless them Mm-hmm. bless them bless their marriage bless their life bless yeah. their whatever it is you might feel some jealousy toward mm-hmm. bless them in that mm-hmm. area and it'll keep your heart more open 
Mm, that's um, good. But that's tough. And I think going to the Lord with all of that and yeah. just confessing to Him, you know, I'm really, really feeling some jealousy toward her. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to, Lord, would you change my heart? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think jealousy can show us what we want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because sometimes I've had times when I would be really jealous of people who, I don't know, like did some cool creative pursuit and mm-hmm. I would be really mad. And then I realized like, oh, that's telling me that I need to go into my creative pursuit. So I yeah. think those negative emotions can also really help us. They can show us what's inside, right? Yeah. For sure. And yeah. so mm-hmm. we don't need to be scared of them, right? right. Like they're, they're just information. But yeah. yeah, we do need to handle it properly. Yeah. I find myself when I get in that space of, oh, they 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 got this and they got this and things are going well for them in this or whatever. Yeah. And it, some of that is revealing my own issues, but also it's rem- having to then remind myself of things I'm grateful for in my life. Because yes. there's somebody out there that's looking at my life right. and thinking the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, and the, it, it, it's very true. you know, it's going back to like getting stop being so self-centric but like mm-hmm. I would tell my daughter all the time the whole world doesn't revolve around you like yeah. if you wear that out and you think you look silly I promise you most people aren't looking at you and so it's the yeah. same the same thing as an adult mm-hmm. you know an adult like I, people don't think about you as much as you think about yourself yeah um, it's true but remembering mm-hmm. that like you have stuff to be grateful for too I have to tell myself that all the time yes gratefulness is a great um, yeah. a great thing to practice all the time everybody yeah. in every season in every yeah. season it's very important it's the yeah. to lots of things it is <laughs> <laughs> but like you were saying I want to just put a little yeah. bit more into that it's showing us a lot of times what we do what the desires of our heart are right yes and so I think again Going to God with that and just saying, I really desire this and um, come into that place and help me with that. Mm -hmm. Um, And being really honest with yourself and with God and with your friends about your desires. I think that can help a great deal, too. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I, I mean, I've in the past, like, told my friends, like, that I'm like, not like a mean, like. Jealousy. I'm jealous of you, but I'll just be like, man, that is really cool. You get to do that. And mm-hmm. I'm a little jealous, but I'm happy for you. And again, it's just saying you're it verbalizing out. It. Like yeah, verbalizing yeah, yeah. it. So, cause I mean, usually people can sense how you're, well, I don't know if this is true, but I feel like I can usually sense when people are feeling things like that about me. So if they say mm-hmm. it, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, instead of yeah. me awkwardly being like, should I not talk about it? Should yeah. I not, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I feel like it's just always helpful to say it. Yeah. Well, you sense people's emotions better than mm-hmm. some people, but <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should not be so self-centric about that. No, I'm, just I'm just saying not everybody senses know, emotions as well as you do. But you're special in that way. Thank yeah. you, Pat. Now we have a little affirmation circle. <laughs> well, this has been really good. Is there anything yeah. else you want to say about like boundaries mm. or relationships or any of that? One more thing about yeah. the fence idea yeah. and boundaries. Um, we often think of the fence as keeping the bad out, right? But I think we also need to think about the fence as letting the good in. Yeah. Mm, there are a lot of things really in, that, that God puts in our lives that are great. Yeah. And so, and people that are great. Yes. And so being willing to let that good in and knowing when it's not good or when, or when yes. it is good. I think those are really important factors in setting good boundaries. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. We don't really think about that. Yeah. yeah there are some people that struggle and need to learn how to set better boundaries and there's some people namely me um who have to learn how to um not set such good boundaries yeah like and there's a line there there's good boundaries and then there is not letting the you're you're keeping all the bad out so you're also not letting any of the good in right yeah it's not healthy either mm-hmm. for anybody so that's yep. true that's a good point I wanted to um, close our time, if it's okay with you, with a scripture. Um, I was looking up scriptures about friendships, and I love Ecclesiastes. Um, Mm. It says, two people are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Mm. I think that says a lot about friendships. It does. I mean, that's why we have a podcast. Yeah. Like if we, like, seriously, we, I don't think either of us could do this on our own. No. Well, I don't know. I could not do like, it on my own. No, I would definitely <laughs> could not. It would not, nobody would, I could do it. Nobody would listen. And I would because have this great idea yes. that would never become anything. It's yeah, <laughs> a great idea in my brain that I never did anything with yeah. because I need, so I think, yeah, yeah I love For that sure. scripture. I love Ecclesiastes actually. Me too. Mm-hmm. It's a great. That's really good. So Pat, where can people, are you taking new clients right now or no? 
Uh, I have a couple of spots open. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we'll link to your website. Okay. Okay. If you do want us to. Yes. Okay. That'd be fine. Yeah. We'll link to your website. Anything mm-hmm. else coming on for you? Nope. That's it. Awesome. Just helping people live their best lives. Doing my best. Helping me, 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 me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Thank you thank so you much. Kat. This has been great. Oh, it's been great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. So till next week, we are on Instagram at Woven and Him. We are on Facebook and Patreon forward slash Woven and Him. You can also email us fullywoven at gmail.com. And I'm Rebecca Pete, like the coffee brand. And you can find me at RebeccaPete.com where you can also find all my social handles. Yep. And uh, I don't want to be found. So just find me on the Facebook for our uh, podcast and the Instagram, but not my personal. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 